Welcome to the Hello Happy Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Luke. Join us each week as we talk about family, fun, and faith. Welcome to episode four of the Hello Happy Podcast. We are so excited that you're here because today we are talking about something that we've gotten so many requests for. Marriage. Marriage is such a large, vast topic, but we're going to try to break it down into some smaller pieces and give us some things to talk about for a couple weeks. And we're by no means experts at this. I mean, we have had 10. 10 years. Well, almost 10. Almost 10 years of marriage. Nine years and 10 months. (laughs) Yep. So we thought we'd actually kick off the whole marriage segment with telling you guys how we met. I get asked that a lot on social media, and so I thought it'd be kind of fun to break it down for you guys. Um, I want to start off by saying that in my dating life, I was always the analytical person that was like, I need to know someone for X number of weeks, for X number of months. I'm going to get to know them more. We'll date for years, and then we'll find out if we're like the right people for each other. And then I met Luke. Um, I had a boyfriend at the time. And Luke and I were, we met at work. We were assigned to work on a project together. And we worked closely for, was it like a couple weeks maybe? Yeah. And I remember being maybe three days into the project and I told my friend Sarah, you know, I think I'm going to marry Luke. And she was like, what are you even saying? Like, what is going on? You've only known this guy for like three days. What? Where's this coming from? But I have to say, Sarah really did like Luke because they knew each other from way back. So she was supportive, but she was astonished at my, like, just eagerness to jump right in. Yeah, and I didn't really think I had a shot at first um, because I just assumed, like all other relationships, you wouldn't be interested. And then I think the first time I knew was we got out at work. We'd always get out at work at five. And one day I got a call from you like at 5.05 and I was like, I was the first phone call she made. Yeah, I've got, a, I, I've got, a, I've got a chance. I got a chance. <laughs> so anyway, we worked on a project together. I told my friend Sarah, I think I'm going to marry this guy. Fast forward, um, what, maybe four weeks. We went on our first date-ish. Well, there was the pre-date because you were dating someone still. And so I asked if you wanted to do something and you said no. And I said, well, what would happen if I just so happened to go somewhere and you just so happened to go there at the same time and we ran into each other? Would that be okay? I do have to note that the person I was dating <laughs> was not a good guy. You know, like this is not some sweet, sweet guy. It was a, he was, he was not the right guy for me. So <laughs> before everyone starts feeling really sorry for my boyfriend, he is fine. Um, so yes, we had our pre-date. And then we had our first official date. Yep. And um, November 1st. Right. And then 10 days later, we said we loved each other. And then I brought him to Thanksgiving at my parents' house, at my aunt's house. And my mom and my aunt and my great aunt opened the door. And I said, Mom, I'm so excited. Luke is coming over today. And I think I'm going to marry him. And my mom almost fell over. She was like, what? This is like the second time I've even like heard about this guy, what is happening, and Luke came and ate Thanksgiving at my parents' house, so, or at my aunt's house, rather. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Yeah, so then we end up um, getting engaged 
six months in. Yeah, we got engaged early May, May. right? Mm-hmm. So we got engaged in May, and then we got married about another a, year. A year later, we gave our parents. Our parents, like my mom, was a little freaked out, and I think Luke's parents were probably also freaked out that whoa, they got engaged six months after meeting each other. Um, and so we said, let's plan it. Let's like, we'll be engaged for a whole year. So everyone can like feel a little bit more comfortable (laughs) with everything. And now as a parent, I'm like, if Tyler ever says that he met a girl and is going to run away in six months (laughs) anyway, so engaged after six months, married after 11 months later, um, we got married and then here we are 10 years later, three kids in and let's talk all about marriage now. (laughs) Um, I think one of the biggest pieces of our engagement story, finding each other's story is love. Yeah. I mean, so, so love is one of those loaded words. Um, I actually really kind of hate what's happened to it in American culture uh, because we use love for everything. Um, we use it to describe how we feel about our children. We use it to describe how we feel about our favorite restaurant. Dr. Pepper. Right. I mean, you, you name it, right? People have said, I love that color, that shirt, that song, that movie, that restaurant, that burger, uh, my children, my wife, my kids, my, my, you know, we've used it for everything. So then what happens is what does that word mean? And when it's used so frequently, all of us have had a moment probably where we've had someone tell us, I love you. And then later we realize, no, no, they didn't. At least not from the way we, we translate love. And so I think one of the big important things for marriage is understanding what does love mean and making sure that both parties believe love means the exact same thing. For I us... That's a good point because a lot of people, especially when dating, you never really talk through what it means to them. You can say, I love you to each other, but... Does that mean the same thing to your partner? Yeah, um, I, I won't. I won't call it which one of my brothers, but one of my brothers, I'll never forget the the first girl he ever said, "I love you too." It took him like four minutes because he first defined what love meant <laughs> and what his definition of love was before he said it, because he'd known that the girl he was dating at the time, you know, she'd heard it from other folks or other people, and he wanted to make sure she knew when it came from him what exactly that meant. And I think one of easy or, or, or not easy, but important thing for me, Nicole, is that we both being people of faith, both having a relationship with Jesus Christ, our, our definition of marriage, our definition of love, um, they come from the same place. And, and that's such an important thing. Love is such a huge, expansive topic. And to transition into another piece that goes into marriage that I think is also very important is friendship. Um, I think many times you meet people, you get to know people, you become friends, but is that person your best friend? (laughs) Is that person the person you call with exciting news, with sad news? Is that the person that you want to share your joys with, you want to share your heartaches with, you want to share your bad days with. Um, I can't stress enough how important it is to be a good friend. Yeah, I mean, friendship, I think friendship is really important because um, things just get, they just get different over time. I mean, uh, you can read all kinds of studies on this, but 
normally when you first meet somebody that you are attracted to, that you want to mate with for lack of a better term, <laughs> you're, you're psychologically almost on a high. Your, your body just is full of endorphins. You're just, <laughs> you're in a different place around that individual. And then what happens over time is that levels out. And that's not to say that you're still not attracted or you're still not, you know, turned on, but it's just different. You don't feel the same way you did early on. Like the butterflies. Right. The butterfly effect. Yep. Now, I mean, everybody remembers if, if you ever had those early days of relationship where you're on the phone till 3 a.m. and asking all the mm-hmm. dumb questions about what's your favorite movie and color. I love those questions. <laughs> questions. <laughs> you know, you're just, you're, you're obsessed. And, um, you know, five, six years later, you know, you're coming home and you're busy and you're like, okay, what happened today? Uh-huh. I love uh-huh. how you said five or six years later. Uh-huh. That was so sweet of you. Instead Not of 10 like... years, no. <laughs> ten, 10 years, you're past that. Um, but yeah, having the friendship where, you know, Nicole's always been that person, whether it's something of huge magnitude in my life or just like a really dumb, stupid joke or something dumb happened to me that I can't tell anybody else. Uh, I'm going to text her. I'm going to call her. I want to share those, those moments of life. Do you know what is a really good example of this? And I did, it just kind of dawned on me is I love to sing in the car and I do not have a great voice. And out of any person I ever dated or anything, I never, ever, ever sang in the car in front of them. And I remember the first time I sang in the car with you, I just, it was like another piece to the layer of like, this is totally, this is the right person for me. I feel comfortable around him. I feel like I can be myself, that type of thing. Well, I think that was the key to, and again, not that I would recommend everybody get engaged after six months, but I think for me, that was the key was so many other relationships that I had been in. Well, I say so many other. <laughs> it's not like there's this huge magnitude. But any other time I had been on, on dates or in relationships, I always felt like I was acting. Mm-hmm. I was trying to be the person I thought the other person would be attracted to. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's work. Not, you don't really realize it in the moment. You're kind. It's kind of like your defenses are up, and you're like, "I'm just gonna be this person." And if you can get through this, then you can find out like the real me. In most cases, they never say. Right. So some, you don't sing in the car. You don't tell dumb jokes. You don't wear the ugly shirt that you love that you know looks terrible. Um, and normally, normally where I wouldn't realize this is there would be a moment where like the person would call me or text me, and I'd look at the phone and be like, "Eh." <laughs> And be like, oh, mm-hmm. nope, time to move on. <laughs> if, I think if, we've all had that feeling where you've dated someone and you see a text from them and you're like, not uh, right now. I just, yep. But I've never I, felt that way with you, Luke, ever. Just want you to know that. Same here. <laughs> um, but I think, I think friendship is important because, one, life is not always going to be romantic. Um, life is full of so many different things you don't expect. Um, sadness, uh, boredom, loss just of, loss of family members, hard times, you know? And, and so at the end of the day, having a friend there, just someone that you want to talk to, um, someone that you want to share life with, mm-hmm. that is so, so important. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people get caught up in like, well, am I attracted to them? Um, are they financially secure? They, they approach it almost fully analytically. 
Yep. And, and there's a balance to that of, yes, to be smart and, and have conversations and talk about things. And, and to be honest, I think that's one thing we're not going to get into a whole lot today. But there was a lot of conversations we had mm-hmm. about very serious things like kids and how we would raise them and disciplining them and finances, finances. and um, faith and, you know. Basically, all of the big topics that we knew were going to come up in marriage, we tried to have early on. And we're going to talk about, in the next podcast episode, uh, more about communication, communication tools, communication tips, and all kinds of things. So we will kind of keep some of that for the next one. But um, moving into Luke's piece on faith. Yeah, faith is an important thing in that, and we've alluded to this previously, but but two big components of the faith aspect for our marriage. One, Nicole and I, because of our faith, have a, a we have the same truth, uh, the same source of truth. Uh, so when we talk about love, we have the same definition. When we talk about marriage, and marriage not just being two people cohabitating, but two people who have become one, united by God, we're in agreement on that. Uh, when we agree, look at our marriage and realize our marriage isn't just me and her, but it's me, her, and God in that. All those things we agree on. And for us, Scripture is our foundation, and Scripture is our source of truth. So when those moments in life come up where we don't know what to do, or we have a disagreement, we have one place we both value that we can both go back to, and we can both look for an answer. And I think that's really important because people that don't have that same source of truth, when a conflict comes up, where do you go? They're going to, your spouse is going to go one place. You're going to go another place. And and now what are the chances you guys are going to come to a resolution that makes sense? The other piece that was really big about biblical marriage, and I think this is a, a huge piece, and it alludes back to the first topic we discussed, which was this, this idea of love not just being an emotion, but being the, the willingness to joyfully sacrifice for the benefit of another. And so when you look at Christian marriage, God does not describe marriage as the world does, like a contract. He views marriage as a covenant. And so when, when you look at worldly marriage today, um, marriage in a lot of places is in a significant step. Um, you date for long enough and you sleep together. You sleep together long enough and you move in together. You move in long enough together, you start sharing finances together. Um, you share finances and you live together long enough and eventually you get married. Um, but at any of those points, there's an out. You can just get off when you want to. And so a lot of folks, there isn't this big thought around marriage and, and what comes with it because there's just this slow escalation and build up into it. Where with God, a lot of those things are off the table until you get married. And the other big thing is, is you know, the world views marriage as a contract where, you know, you have your, your views, or I'm sorry, your responsibilities, your spouse has their responsibilities. And if either one of those parties breaks those responsibilities, well, then the contract's broken. Move on. Um, what God outlines is a covenant. And so the difference between a contract and covenant is when you look at the covenant, so like if you look at you know Ephesians chapter 5 and you look at all these things that God talks about with husbands and wives, right? He talks about 
love and submission and respect and cherishing. Um, and, and he talks about these requirements. And what you will notice is, is it never says, wives submit to your husbands if your husbands are wise or if your husbands are smart or if your husbands are good. And it never says, you know, husbands sacrifice for your wife like Christ sacrificed to the church if your wife is loving or kind, right? There is no conditions. And this is so huge because one of the biggest things we understood about marriage is she's a mess up and I'm a mess up. We are both mess ups. So when you take two imperfect people who are both mess ups and you put them into a relationship where they are going to share the most intimate moments, they're going to raise children together, they're going to deal with not just one family but two families, uh, big moments in life, stressful moments in life, guess what? You are going to have all kinds of difficulties pop up. Mm -hmm. And if in those moments I can stop doing my part because she hasn't done her part, well, guess what? There will always be a moment for us to not fulfill our end of the deal. So if you're sitting there and you're going, well, I am only going to love, honor, cherish, respect if my spouse is holding up their end of the bargain, guess what? You are always, always, always going to have something you can point to that justifies you not fulfilling your end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. And, and then what happens is you don't fulfill your end of the bargain. And what do you think your spouse is realizing? Your spouse is sitting on the other and going, well, if they're not doing their part, I'm not going to do my part. Yep. And, and I can't tell you how many marriage sessions I've sat in with folks where this is the case. Everybody's got a ledger. Everybody's got this list of every mistake my wife has made, and she's got a list of every mistake I've made. And when we talk about, well, why aren't you showing her love? Why aren't you cherishing her? Why aren't you lifting her up? He goes, well, because she doesn't do X, Y, and Z. And when you ask her, well, why aren't you doing X, Y, and Z? She's like, because he doesn't do A, B, and C. And so there's this, this contract mentality which says, I am only going to do those things if you're doing your part. A covenant says, I do these things no matter what. And so where this is a game changer then is you aren't focused on how is your spouse doing at their job. You're focused at how am I doing my job. And if both parties have that mentality where they are trying to be the best husband or the best wife, and not being focused on what are they getting from it, it's amazing how much more people put into those types of relationships. The other thing that it does is when you do want to have a discussion with your spouse about maybe something that's not happening that's right or good, you know, something that you wish they were doing, because you're still loving them, because you're still sacrificing for them, their receptiveness to what your feedback is is so much higher. Because what they see is, even though they've had shortcomings, you still love them. And so that's a big topic, and I know there's a million questions people have, and people always try to find situations, well, what about this, or what about that, or what about this? But at the end of the day, if you have sacrificial love, if you've built a friendship with each other, and you are focused on honoring God by not just holding your spouse to a set of responsibilities, but you're going, how do I do mine? 
It's amazing what that can do for your marriage. So let's go ahead and wrap the episode there and join us back here next Wednesday. We'll talk more about marriage and as it relates to communication. And if you have any questions about communication or marriage, you can shoot them over to me at um, Hello Happy Mom over on Instagram and we can get your questions ready for next week. So thank you guys again so much for joining us as always. And we hope you have a blessed week. Thanks for spending some time with us today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find more content at Hello Happy Mom on Instagram or at my blog, hellohappymom.com.